0: Come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Ti e ko ta la rata ba Mahai. sha ta 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 ba hai Ti e ka hai Ti e ka Ye ki e ka Praise God Praise God You may be seated for a moment before I yield myself to the flow of this word. There's a couple of things I need to say to you. There are words that God gives us that are for a specific time, specific place, specific people. And to revisit that in some other place because it worked really good there is absolutely, totally contrary to the principle of God. But then there are also messages that God gives to the church. And those messages are readdressed Every time the Holy Ghost gives permission, permission and direction. I have been the Bishop of Antioch since August 31st, 1997, excuse me 98, and I have uh, not been the senior pastor of Antioch since December the 18th of 2005. And since that time, uh, there's been a tremendous shift in my ministry. And it seems like most of the messages the Lord has given me are things that uh, aren't for one place. So, because my number one goal in life, in ministry, is to be a conduit. And a conduit doesn't tell the source what flows through it, what the speed of that flow is, what the uh, content of the flow. The, uh, my, my personal goal is to be such a neutral conduit that God can do and say anything through me that he wants to. And I don't edit it. Praise God, and so um, that's what's about to happen. I uh, this September the twelfth, my wife and I will celebrate forty-five years of having driven into Annapolis, Maryland. I was twenty-four; she was nineteen. There was no, uh, nobody there. Nothing there. Uh, no welcoming committee, no building, no nothing. And uh, once a home missionary, always a home missionary. And uh, I wouldn't offend you for anything in this world on purpose. Not in the least. There is absolutely no motive or desire in me to prove a point, make a point, or be offensive. It's not in there. I pray today that God will give you the grace to hear challenge, not condemnation. Uh. This word has been very heavy on my spirit um, for a considerable period of time. And today is part A and tomorrow's part B. Praise God. So if you um, are able to receive that, uh, I pray that you're able to do that. I know what the schedule says lunch is. I'll be through well before lunch. God won't be. And if the Holy Ghost is moving on you, and it means you have to miss lunch, I, I, I beg of you. I, if I have to borrow the van and get you to your hotel when you finally get through prayer myself, I'm, I'm begging you not to go through the motions. I'm begging you for your sake. I have a promise from God. That there are people who are going to be dramatically changed today. For those who will receive it. I have a promise from God. I will. I don't have time to explain this statement. But I'm going to make it. I will not be preaching under the anointing today. I will be exercising authority. Praise God. So, praise God. If you would go with me to Acts chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. What you're feeling in this room right now is not emotion. There is a very strong presence of an angelic host that's waiting to minister to those whose hearts are open. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out, Among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. A very quick study from a concordance will reveal to you this is the first time that the word business is used in connection to the church which was born just a few chapters earlier. Up to this point, the church is a revival body, just growing and exploding. But this verse indicates that they are now a functioning group of people that have business to take care of. But the problem was the people who led the spiritual assault were now bogged down taking care of business. And some of us are, we have a tremendous weakness. We are gifted to take care of business, that is not an asset. And it's a tremendous liability because then you don't trust other people to do things. And you're going to take time to do that stuff yourself, which is what the apostles were doing. So we're going to appoint these guys over the business. and, and, And notice, please, the spiritual qualifications of men who were appointed to oversee the waiting on tables. There are leadership requirements in the book. Now, if everybody in your audience looks like the people on your platform, uh, if you're proud of that, oh, God have mercy on you. Because that absolutely means you're not growing or or you're a cult. Because you immediately get people to look exactly like you want them to look. But by the time they get in the building. And there's no room to grow. There's no time to develop a relationship with God. All we're interested in is the outside. If your congregation looks like your platform. Yes, okay. I want, a, I want a, a congregation of people that when visiting preachers come in, they look around at the people nearby them and go, Boy, right must be compromising. Yeah, I want people to say that because that means we're growing. People are getting saved. You want to know what I believe? Look at the platform. Don't look at that sinner or that new convert sitting next to you and come up with what I believe. And if you feel different than that, God bless you. You might want to leave now because that was easy. This is about to get worse than that. <laughs> because the next verse says, we're, "We want others to take over this business because we're we're failing to do our primary responsibility." But we will give ourselves to study and putting together scripted messages so we can practice and learn how to turn the crank and perform for people. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith, the Holy Ghost, and Philip, Prochorus, Pro and Nicanor and Timon and Parmeni, I, 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 you got, you got, you read it. And, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. They actually, they, they laid hands and ordained these men to wait on tables. There was an impartation of ministry to oversee the business of waiting on tables. And what's the result? And the word of God increased and the number of disciples just multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Great company of priests were a of faith. If the word of God is God and God is God and he can't change, then the word can't increase except by one method. You want the word to increase, you've got to multiply the number of people speaking it. Therefore, if you are a single voice, single pulpit preacher, the amount of word coming from your church will always be static. It can't increase. Praise God. You may be seated. Strong says that this word. Uh, there's one single Greek word translated by the English words, we'll give ourselves continually. It comes from two words which mean be strong towards. So Strong's definition is to be earnest towards, to a thing, to persevere, to be constantly diligent or in a place to attend assiduously all the exercises. Or to a person to adhere to closely to as a servitor. And a servitor is a person who is in or at the service of another. An attendant. We will give ourselves to prayer. Prayer will own us. We will become the... Servants of prayer. Prayer is not going to be a tool we use. We're going to be used by prayer. We're going to give ourselves continually to prayer. Barnes notes says this. The original expression used here denotes intense and persevering application to a thing, or unwearied effort in it. It means that the apostles designed uh, to make this their constant and main object, undistracted by the cares of life, and even by attention to the temporal needs of the church. Have we forgotten the definition of what it means to be apostolic? Let's read it. Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and in preaching. Oh, wait, wait. That's not listed, is it? Why? Because prayer is the great equalizer. I have certain giftings. you got certain giftings. i got a certain personality. You have a certain personality. I'm in a certain locale. That place has got a culture. You're in a place. That place has got a culture. You've got certain resources. I've got certain resources. Or it usually is the case of a home missionary. Lack of resources. Now, how can God expect us all to be faithful if there's not an equalizer? Prayer is the great equalizer. Because everybody is equal at the foot of the cross when they're praying. Okay, that was the introduction. You ready? We do not need preachers who preach better sermons. We need preachers who pray better prayers. (laughs) We need preachers that know how to pray. And I don't mean pray to get a sermon to preach. So you can keep collecting your check. The guys that we're named after, the apostles, we're, we're gonna give ourselves continually to prayer. That's gonna become my, our number one priority. Notice the order, please. Not, we're not gonna give ourselves to study and preaching first. We're gonna give ourselves to prayer. Continually to prayer. We're gonna give ourselves, oh God. Oh, Jesus. We know how to organize and administer the business of the church. We know how to sing. We know how to sermonize. But do we know how to pray? Do we know how to pray and get answers? Do we know how to pray until things change? Do we know how to pray until there's a breakthrough? Do we know how to pray until services become fruitful? Until evangelism efforts bear fruit? Do we know how to pray? I had a man of God, a uh, well-known man of God, say to me after I preached a recent camp, he said, you know something, I really want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I go, okay. He said, I've been listening to you preach all my life, and he's at least my age, and I've been preaching all my life, but I understood what he meant. And he said, and you haven't changed Well, I I hope that I've changed some. But I knew what he meant. Uh, Tuesday was my birthday. Halfway to 70. Tuesday was the day where I'm no longer on the front half towards 70. I'm on the down slope to 70. Six months from Tuesday. And in Pentecost, when you get gray hair, silver hair, or no hair, you you put your time in. It's okay. You're, you're going to retire on the seat. Thank God that's not the case with this crew. Well, you're you're not the pastor anymore. You're retired. Really? Would you like to look at my calendar? I worked less hard, if there's such a word, when I was the pastor. The scripture says, The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life is not talking about harsh an offensive preaching. It is spiritless preaching that results from prayerlessness that kills. I said, it's spiritless preaching that is the result of prayerlessness that kills. I love to study. I absolutely love to study. I do not study to preach. I've said that before. It's absolutely the truth. I do not study to preach. I study to know. I study to learn. I study to understand. I'm hiding stuff in here. What the Spirit wants to bring out of here, when He wants to do it, that's fine with me. But see, I don't need notes. I'm living the notes. Oh God Jesus help us Help us the Father Help us Father God is A Spirit And they that worship him Must Worship him in spirit And truth And if you follow me on Twitter Or Facebook You're going to recognize a few things said today because I've been hammering prayer for weeks now. The Lord won't leave me alone. Well, what book did you read all that in, Brother Wright? Uh, I'll tell you where I got all that stuff. I keep my iPad handy when I'm praying and it comes to my head and I write it down and then I send it out. It's not mine. I didn't think it up. It's the Lord trying to talk to the church. I didn't get it out of some book. I got it out of a prayer meeting. I got it from a prayer meeting. If worship is the highest form of ministry because it's ministry to God and for true ministry to God, worship, To be only acceptable to the Father when it's in spirit and truth, then please tell me how God ministering through us to man can be acceptable true ministry when it's only word and a little dabbling of spirit because we didn't have time to pray. We got something, we had to put something together fast because it's church time. Please tell me how that's acceptable ministry to God. That God's okay with that. John 6:63 says, "It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth how much? Nothing." The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Contemporary English version says, The spirit is the one who gives life. Human strength can do nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are from that life-giving spirit. Weest Expanded Translation says, The spirit is he who makes alive. The flesh is not of any use at all. The words which I have spoken to you, spirit are they and life today's new international version says the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words that I've spoken to you they are full of spirit and life I got this education I got this vocabulary I got this talent I'm, I'm able to speak good How about die out to that, quit relying on it, and maybe you'll be used of God. I am not a public speaker. I am not a public speaker. I am a conduit for Ramah. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The rhema that I speak unto you. Not logos. The Greek is not logos. It's rhema. And you don't get rhema out of a book. You only get rhema in prayer from the Spirit. You don't get rhema out of a book. You don't get rhema off a text or some sermon on YouTube. You get rhema from prayer. Brother Shatwell. well, that was awesome. That was really... I've tried an example like that before, but but Brother Dylan really did good with that, didn't he? Really. That was awesome. Because that's exactly our problem. We don't know how to pray. We think if we're not talking, we're not praying. Prayer, prayer is supposed to be two way communication with God. How can it be two way if you're if you're doing all the talking? Hey, I gotta—I gotta tell you, I'm a whole lot more interested in hearing what God is saying to me than what it is I'm trying to say to Him. I want to get in the spirit. I want to listen to the Lord. He—he—he'll he, give me direction. He'll tell me what to do. I'll understand what's going on when I need to understand it if I will just listen. But I don't have time to listen because I'm too busy with the business of the church. Because I'm not trusting Stephen and Philip and the rest of those guys. Because if I don't do it, it's not being done right. And so therefore, Lord, I'm just too busy to pray. Because this, you know, this is a lot of work here, Lord. I'm just too busy to pray. But there is a principle of God that cannot be violated or ignored. How about, you've heard it, John 3 and 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Weeks Expanded says this. That which has been born out of the flesh is flesh. By nature fleshly. And that which has been born out of the spirit is spirit. And by nature nature spiritual. Today's New International Version says. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. I don't care how awesome the message sounds. If it didn't come from the Holy Ghost, it's not worth walking across the street to listen to. I don't care who's preaching it. I don't care how well they perform it. The rhema that I speak, he said, that's where spirit and life comes from. Spirit and life comes from rhema. Not logos regurgitated from flesh. There's absolutely no way possible to deny and avoid the truth of this declaration that flesh produces flesh and spirits produces spirit. There are no yell yeah buts in God. For they, Romans 8, 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say, listen to that words. The words that I speak unto you. They are spirit. They are life. And when I'm spiritually minded, it's life and what? Peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be, so that then, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. This isn't talking about the sinner on the bar stool. This is talking about the apostolic in the pulpit or on the pew that's doing it through his own ability. Carnality is not equivalent to sin. Sin is what people that don't know God do. Carnality is people that are filled with the Holy Ghost trusting their human strength and ability to do what what the Spirit of God is supposed to be doing through them. That's carnality. I don't care how what you look like on the outside. You may be the poster child for holiness and your church may be perfect. To the eye. But if you don't pray. And I don't mean just token prayer putting in time. I'm just going well. I put in my prayer time today. I got my, got my prayer time done today. I'm sorry I don't have a prayer time. Oh yeah I do. It's called today. Because if I'm awake, there's supposed to be some kind of communication happening between me and Jesus. Whether consciously or subconsciously. Whether in my mind or in my spirit. If I'm awake and I'm connected to Jesus, there's supposed to be something happening. Prayer time. You have a prayer time. Whoop. Big whoop. You got a prayer time? Isn't that great? I'm so happy you got a prayer time. So you can get that done and out of the way. So you can go do the rest of your stuff the, the rest of the day. I'm so glad you got some time you can give to token to God. So that now you can take over and run the rest of your day. I'm offended, Brother Wright. You're telling me I don't pray. Oh, okay. You pray? Tell me the results. I guess your church has got a major move of God going on in the spirit world. I guess sinners, you just don't know what to do with all the sinners. I guess you got fruit running out your ears. Prayer can't fail the only thing that fails about prayer is either those that don't know how to pray or are unwilling to pray God's way who fail prayer cannot fail if there's no peace in your home there's no prayer if there's not peace in your church there's no prayer. If there's no peace in your life, I, I, I asked you in the beginning to please hear the challenge and not the condemnation. I got better things to do than stand here and offend you and just blast you. I'm not. Please hear the urgency. Please feel the urgency. I beg of you to feel the urgency. The source of our power and ability to minister ultimately determines the kind of results we reap. Because if I sow to the flesh... I'm going to of the flesh reap corruption. If I sow to the spirit of the spirit, I'm going to reap life everlasting. So whatever the source of my power is, is going to, it reveals what kind of results I'm going to get. Every major move that's ever happened in Annapolis, Maryland. It was not a result of preaching. It was a result of praying. Every one of them. Every last one of them. Not one of them has ever been a result of a program, a plan. Do do we have programs? Do we have plans? Yes, we do. Ones that God gave us that we didn't copy out of some book. But none of it was produced by the program, the plan. It was produced by, it came out of prayer. It's a result of prayer. Prayer. Every major move of God we've ever had was the result of concerted prayer. I'd never pastored when I went to Annapolis, Maryland, I was raised in the Navy. I attended seven UPC churches by the time I graduated from high school. There wasn't one pastor that took ownership enough to me that while I was isolated at the Naval Academy for four years, that I even knew his phone number to call him to ask a question. I'm not faulting anybody. It's just the way it is. If you're, if you're Around a military installation, they come and you thank God God they're there and you put them to work a little while and take their money and when they're gone, praise God. See ya. See ya. Just the way it is. It's just the way it is. The result was, I didn't have a pastor. I didn't have any choice but pray. Huh. I, we, we, we went there, and and and, and because this is 1970, and and the only thing I knew about how to build a church was have church and invite people to it, and because because I wanted to build a church, we started off with four services a week with two of us, every Thursday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm not lying. Now it's kind of it's a little. Gets a little tense at home when you've preached the message. And the only person sitting there is your wife. And you're trying to get her to not take it personal. And it and it was personal. But we had church. Well, she got her turn because she played the organ-led worship. And she's always preached from the organ. So I'd sit there and take it and then she'd sit down and I'd preach and she'd take it. Well, we needed to have revival to save our marriage. There at least needed to be somebody else sitting there that I could blame the message on. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. So the only thing we knew to do was pray. I didn't even know, I didn't know how to pray. Because I'd been raised in Pentecost all my life. And I just was a Pentecostal prayer. And you know what? People don't get saved with hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. People just don't get saved. You just don't have breakthroughs with prayer like that. You don't have them. Something had to die. Something had to die. Jesus help us. Prayerless preaching is sowing by the flesh to the flesh. The results will always be of the flesh. According to Paul, we all began in the spirit. What happened to us? What do you say? Galatians Oh, foolish Galatians Who hath bewitched you That you should not obey the truth Before whose eyes Jesus Christ Has been evidently, evidently set forth Crucified among you This only would I learn of you Receive ye the spirit By the works of the Lord By the hearing of faith Are you so foolish Having begun in the spirit Are you now made perfect By the flesh Do you understand that every one of us began in the Spirit? If you truly got the Holy Ghost, you began in the Spirit. And, 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 and and whether you understood what you were doing at the time, there were certain things you had to do or you didn't get the Holy Ghost. You had to get out of your mind. You had to give up control. You had to yield to God. You had to open yourself up to His Spirit. We all began in the Spirit. What happened to us? What's happened to us? We began in the Spirit. What's happened to us? What has happened to us? That was a beautiful song, and I'm not trying to be critical. Honestly. But I didn't believe a word of it. Oh, we need your power. You've got to be kidding me. How unscripturable of a prayer, or a song is that, or a prayer? Lord, we need your power. Oh, wait wait a minute. Now, unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask to think, according to the power that worketh in you. And you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. See, I got the Holy Ghost. I already have the power. The problem isn't getting the power. It's position, being positioned to let the power work. And flesh always stands in the way of the power. And when flesh produces something that looks like a demonstration of the power, God have mercy on us. Because we're deceived and we're producing deceived people. Prayerlessness is always the result of flesh being in control of our lives. If I'm in control of my life, I only need to pray just to soothe my conscience. If I'm in control of my life, I only need to pray just to make sure I've dotted the I's just so I can say I prayed. Because I make my own decisions, you see. I run my own life. And how do do you know that's what you're doing? You make the decision, then you pray and ask God to bless what you've decided. God always blesses His instructions. You don't have to ask for His blessing on His instructions. The very fact I have to ask Him to bless what I'm doing proves where I got it from. Lord, bless this message tonight. You know the bad part is? Sometimes we think he does. But I'm asked, I, I heard the message the man of God preached today. I have to ask a question which spirit is using that message? The most fundamental p- principle of fruitfulness is. Without me, ye can do nothing. How I pray or don't pray, how much I believe or not believe this principle, results. The results are always there. The results will always be there. My need to pray. Well, I, I, it's hard to pray. I can't think of anything I need. You ever thought that? I can't think of anything I need. It's hard to pray. I can't think of anything I need. Oh, that's right. The Lord couldn't possibly need anything from me, could He? He couldn't possibly be wanting to do anything through me. He couldn't possibly be wanting to give me any kind of instruction. I don't need to pray because I don't need anything. How many Pentecostals pray... But their prayers are panic prayers. Oh, I pray. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we pray panic prayers. We pray because there's a problem. And we're in a panic. And panic prayers always demonstrate their lifestyle is a lack of real prayer. Because the only time their prayer ever gets fervent isn't a panic well brother Dylan I appreciate being here all these years so thank you for letting me come this year I'll, I'll be sure to watch next year Somebody needs to listen to me. You don't know how much Jesus loves you. You think you do. You do not. Your comfort. Your painlessness. Your life being stress free. Problem free. Is so far down on his totem pole of priorities. That it would absolutely scare you to death if you knew. Because hear me, for the revival that is coming, the people of God are going to have to learn to pray. And for us to learn to pray, God's got to get our attention. And he will get the attention of the prayerless. Oh, I got Bible for it. Sure I do. First Chronicles, Second Chronicles 7, 13. You ever heard this part? Oh, we love verse 14. But verse 14 is a product of verse 13. If I, everybody say I. I, who's I? God. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land. If I send pestilence among my people. How many times have we been rebuking God for something, uh, the devil for something he didn't have anything to do with? It's just a loving God trying to get the attention of the prayerless. If we're not going to learn to... Oh God, have mercy. That first step is a bad one, isn't it? If we're not going to learn to pray on our own, after he's got nail prints in his hands and his side and his face has been beaten up and his back's all scarred like a plowed field, if we're not going to learn to pray so we can participate in what he's doing, he will get our attention. He will get our attention. He will get our attention. He will, attention. He will teach us to pray. If we're not going to care about what he cares enough to uh, about to learn to pray, He will make sure we've got something that we care about That's urgent enough That we learn to pray You will learn to pray The question is What method do you choose? Is it going to be voluntary? Or is it going to be your heavenly Father? Who sends the reason to pray, and He will send to reason, the reason. The reason. But that scripture up there for me from Micah, that next verse, if you would please. The Lord's voice crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it? Hear. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? Hear ye the rod. What is the rod? It's the rod of correction from a loving father. Hear ye the rod. Hear ye the rod. Well, brother, brother, brother I, I pray an hour every day. I remember being a young preacher before I even became a pastor. And some very sincere, well-meaning men and women of God promoted to us to pray an hour a day. Why did they do that? Because at the time, it was the general consensus that there was very few people praying at all. And so the idea was, an hour a day is prayer is better than nothing. But somewhere in our brain. We got all, we, the motive got all perverted in our heads because somewhere we got the idea we only have to pray an hour a day. Let's put our prayer time in. So we got all these tools, you see, because we don't have enough relationship with God to talk to Him for an hour. So we got all these wheels to pray and all this list to pray. Yo, God help you. Hey, do you still have the training wheels on your tricycle? You kidding me, right? I know I said tricycle. I meant it. Well, I got, you know, I I got this list to pray. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's all great. You got this list to pray. Are you ever? I, I could just see me communicating with my wife every day by a list. Because I don't know what else to say to her, see? And if I don't have a reminder of what I'm supposed to say to her, I, I may, I may not communicate with her. So I need this crutch because I don't have much of a relationship with my wife, see? So I gotta have this list. That's the difference between religious praying and relationship praying. When relationship praying, it's not wondering if you're going to have enough to say and you never have enough time to say it all. Let me tell you something about the pra- those that are prayers. Going to sleep, no problem for them, but staying asleep is a problem. If you're a prayer, go- going to sleep is not a problem. Man, I can sit in that chair right this second, and you give me five minutes and I'm gone. I promise you. The problem isn't that. It's at one o'clock. It's two thirty. It's three o'clock in the morning. It's four. It's not. It's not going to sleep. It's staying asleep. There's there's not enough time, and there's too much to say. There's too much to pray. My God, let's pray for a minute here right now. Jesus, help us. Help us receive it, Lord. This is your message, not mine, Lord. Help us to receive it. Help us to receive it. Help us to receive it, Father. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God praise God, praise God, praise God. I was sitting on this platform last night and the Lord began to speak to me. I wrote all this down. Not every word of it last night. I finished it up early, early this morning, but this is what he said. Praying people are always broken people. Praying people are always broken people. You show me somebody's not broken and I'll show you somebody puts in time in prayer but they don't pray because praying people are broken people spiritual unfaithfulness and prayerlessness are broken, pride is broken iniquity is broken, self-sufficiency is broken, self-will is broken, wrong attitude and wrong spirit are broken, judgmentalism and a critical spirit are broken, gossip tail bearing, whispering and backbiting are broken, fear, worry and anxiety are broken, confusion and directionless living are broken carnality is broken complacency is broken, fruitlessness is broken, strong Strongholds of sin are broken. The blindness caused by religious tradition is broken. Prayerless people are broken. Excuse me. Praying people are broken. Broken. Because let me tell you something. If you really pray, it will break you. If you really pray, you will die and die. Die. Die daily. See, I gotta, I go, okay, I'm up this morning, I've gotta die daily. Okay, Lord, I die now. Thank you, Father. That's not what it's talking about. Dying daily is an attitude of brokenness. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Broken people are praying. Broken people Praying with a broken spirit always get, get, gets God's attention. Praying people are broken people who have become disciples by denying themselves, taking up their day, cross daily, and following Jesus. Unbroken people may pray at prayer, but they never truly pray. How often do we stop praying in order to prevent having to become broken? How often? Do we stop praying? Because if we keep praying, we will have to be broken to keep praying. Proverbs 15:13, we'll read these quickly. It says, "By sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken." Psalms fifty one seventeen says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Psalms thirty four eighteen. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalms Isaiah fifty seven fifteen for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble to revive the heart of the contrite ones and that Hebrew word contrite means crushed broken Isaiah 66 and 2 says the last part of that says but to this man will I look even to him that is of a is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my words i will either give myself as a conduit for the sorrow of the lord to be prayed into the spiritual atmosphere Because by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. I will either take on the Lord's sorrow for the lost of this world and let it break my heart before God so I can be a broken prayer or God will send sorrow of a different kind to me to break my heart so that I will then become a prayer. Jeremiah 9, 1 Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people Luke 19, 41 when he, Jesus, was come near he beheld the city and wept over it he didn't shake his finger and say you bunch of reprobates they rejected him in a few days they were going to crucify him he didn't call them reprobates he didn't have some haughty attitude toward them he knew what was coming and wept for them I say uh, Romans 9 verse 1. I say the truth in Christ I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for I could wish that myself were accursed for Christ from Christ for my brethren my kinsmen according to the flesh I am here to tell you I have never approached that I want to go to heaven brother Dylan I want to go to heaven I can't imagine carrying so much of the Lord's burden for those lost people that you're willing to say okay Lord I'll go spend eternity in hell If you save them Now the Lord's never going to take you up on that deal You understand When Moses said I, I want you to forgive the people of Israel King James has a dash in there Which is translated pause Silence It was a time of calculation It was the dividing line of revival Forgive these, the, the sins of these people Pause Pause Calculate. How much does this mean to me? How important is this to me? And the rest of that verse says, And if not, blot me, I pray, out of your book. And the Lord said, Whoever's in my book is my business. Oh, but by the way, I'll forgive them. They that so? And tears shall weep, reap and joy when are we going to learn that life only comes out of death and while you and I fight to live we're, we're producing death but when we surrender to die life is going to happen through us when are we finally going to believe the word of God that life can only be produced out of Death! First, Second Corinthians 4 says, We're constantly dying so that life can be produced in you, Paul said. We are constantly dying so that you can live. Life can only be produced out of death. Every woman that's birthed a child knows. That there, that woman is never closer to death than she is in those last few minutes from the time that baby really enters the birth canal and comes out through all of that sorrow. She is so close that even if everything is going perfectly, she could, she might not be strong enough to bring through to the birth. And she might die just from the process. And is that not what the Lord said of Israel? That she's not strong enough to give birth? And what, what happens with a church that's wanting to have revival but hasn't prayed enough to be strong enough to survive the birthing process? We don't pray enough to be strong enough to, to survive the sorrows. That's what it's called. The travail. The sorrows of birthing a revival. We didn't plant the seed of that in there. We are His egg. It it was the sperm of faith that was put in us. And it grows until we can't even hardly move. We're so miserable. And then finally, finally, we want to be rid of this. But if you've never had a baby before, after watching my wife birth our first son, I wondered why any woman would ever have more than one. Why would you ever do that again? But God supernaturally enables her to forget that sorrow at some point. And the need to be a mother overrides her memories of what it was like. And it's growing in us. It's growing in us. This desperation, this misery, this discomfort. Something's not, and we say well, this is us. Something's wrong. Oh no! Something is right! Something is right! But I'm so miserable. I'm so uncomfortable. Nothing, nothing tastes good rest i i can't get any sleep what's wrong nothing's wrong it's been growing in you for all this time and it's about to give birth nothing's wrong unless you believe but you don't pray and you're not strong enough to survive the birth There's not a man of life who loves his wife that if there had to be a choice made between the baby and the mother wouldn't choose the mother right now. That I'm so glad my sons both have children so that they won't think I'm de- devaluing them. But there's not a man alive who loves his wife that if there was a crisis and a decision had to be made save the mother or save the baby that you wouldn't choose. Save the mother, we can have more babies. And that's not flip, being flippant. It's just acknowledging this. The baby may be born and that'll be the end of it. But if the mother's saved, if the mother's saved, do you understand that's the reason why so many of our churches miscarriage over and over and over again? Because we're not spiritually strong enough to birth it and live. Jesus name Hika Hala roto buku Hiki Kala tatatata Hiki Kala tatata the only thing that can happen to a carnal church is be pregnant with a real revival. Because the birthing of it will kill you and kill the church. What is it? That's got to happen in us. That we'd be willing to the jaws of death. To birth a revival. Hannah prayed. Give me children lest I die. She watched her rival wife. Birth children. She knew what it could cost her. But she wanted revival so desperately. She was willing to take the risk. Give me children lest I die. Because what's the worst thing that can happen? I could die having the revival. Which is better than living without it. It is better to live without the revival. It's better to die birthing the revival than it is to live without it. Come on home missionary. the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. prayer works, but brother right? I prayed and nothing's happening. then you didn't you quit praying too soon. You didn't die in your prayer. You didn't die out to your flesh and yourself in that prayer. You didn't surrender yourself far enough in that prayer that life could come out of death. You want to see revival in your church? You've got to die if you expect life to come to church. You can't produce life out of life. Life only comes out of death. If you're counting the cost of how many hours that's going to cost you, you might as well get up. You're wasting your breath and your time. There's got tion it says, I'm going to pray because prayer works. Nothing else works like prayer. If I have to choose between a good sermon and a great prayer meeting, prayer's going to work when that sermon won't. You can't preach a revival into a non-praying church. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on. I believe in preaching. Don't leave here saying I don't believe in preaching. What I don't believe in it is prayerless preaching. Preaching that's a product of flesh and intellect and pride. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. It's the Spirit that revives. It's the Spirit that gives life. That's what that word means. It's the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, the rhema that I speak unto you, they are Spirit. They are... Because except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. You're not going to affect your city. You can collect a group of people up. You can have yourself some, a group big enough to have some church services. But you're not going to impact your city without prayer that costs you yourself. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When are we going to start? stop making excuses for prayerlessness? When are we going to stop blaming our prayerlessness on others? And take accountability and responsibility for it ourselves? Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Brother Wright, I'm afraid I'd be praying too much. That's not possible. He said pray without ceasing. You can't pray too much. You want to learn how to live without sinning? Never involve yourself in something you can't pray while you're doing it. If you can't pray while you're doing it, you shouldn't be doing it. Then you won't have to worry about trying not to sin. What you're trying to do is stay connected. Stay in fellowship. Stay productive. Maintain a flow of the spirit in your life. In Jesus name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Are you done already? Come on. Come on. Are you done? Are you done? In Jesus name. In Jesus name. The Lord has promised me. He promised me there were people that's going to leave this building forever changed. You're not going to wait to get home to be different. You're going to be different today. You're going to want to pray today. You're going to find yourself praying tonight. You're going to wake up in the morning and the first thing's out of your mouth. is going to be Prayer. Hi kaha ta hala rata tatabahaya. Hi kala rata tatahaya. Hi kala rata hai. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hi rata rata tatabahaya. Hi kie kahaya. Roto boko shasahaya. I refuse to settle. I refuse for fruitlessness. I refuse to settle for ineffectiveness. I refuse to settle for not for nothing happening that glorifies God. I refuse to settle. I refuse to settle. I refuse to settle. But if I truly refuse to settle, there's only one way to address that, and that's to pray. 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 Pray until you die and pray until you live after dying. He tahalarotobuku rata tahaya. Tie kalarata tahaya. She se kie kalarata tahaya. He kie kalarota tahaya. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Please. I beg of you. There was not one word of condemnation said here today. There was not the motive. That wasn't the spirit of one thing. It was said here today. The Lord loves us enough to change us. The Lord loves us enough to call us to prayer. He loves us enough to call us to pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Kietahaya Rotaba rotababoko Shasa Haya Kie Kala Ratahaya in the name of Jesus. Ma Hitahala rotoloroto boboko rata bahia hala rotabahaya. the Lord said through prophecy in one church. If I can find one to pray, I can find many to save. If he could just find one to pray, he can find many to save. Is there any that will stand in the gap for your city? Is there anyone here willing to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for your city so that the Lord would not have to destroy it? If he could just find one who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge, then his word would be satisfied and he could show mercy. Is there anybody here that will stand in the gap and make up the hedge for your city so that Lord can show mercy rather than His His deity being required to pour out wrath because the, 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 the sin question hasn't been satisfied? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm not preaching against evangelizing. I'm not preaching against knocking on doors, teaching home Bible studies, doing home groups. I'm not teaching against bus ministry. That's not what that's all about. But if though if we're trying those things and they're not fruitful and we give up and quit because we say they don't work. It's not those things that don't work. It's that we're working them without them being empowered by prayer. Yes, they don't work when they're not empowered by prayer. Yes, they don't work when it's flesh that's doing them. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You don't have to get up and stop praying, but I've got one verse I have got to share with you. This is the verse that keeps me never from ever being satisfied. This is the verse that I hear in my spirit consciously and subconsciously all day long. Psalms 79 and 11. It's beautiful how you've responded and prayed. But isn't it time we could quit praying about ourselves for ourselves? Isn't it time that we get into the Spirit enough that we can finally hear what Jesus hears. In the context of the Old Testament, this verse was talking about God. But since you and I are the body of Christ in the earth today, it is now talking about us. Here it is. Every one of you, I, 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 don't, I don't know how you make it without having this memorized. This is my daily salvation right here. This is it. Let... The sighing of the prisoners come before thee. According to the greatness of thy power, preserve thou those that are appointed to die. According, let the sighing. Would you just close your eyes right now, whatever attitude of prayer you're in. Would you just get in the spirit and let the Lord help you to hear what He hears. The lost pray. They don't know it's prayer. Because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to ask for. All they know is something is missing in their lives. And so all they know to do, lying on their bed at night, sitting at their desk. Riding down the road. Maybe laying in a hospital bed. They don't know a God to cry out to. They're imprisoned by their sin. And they don't know how to be free. And all they know how to do is just... Uh, uh, come on. You say they don't want what we've got. You say they don't want to be saved. Their size prove you wrong. Their size prove you wrong. And if you would get in the spirit, the Lord would let you hear what he hears all day long, every day, all day long, every day. cities, in our neighborhoods, on our street, across the hall, across the street, we're praying for those that are sighing. They need answers. They don't have a clue where to find them. Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I accept some man me? All they know to do is sigh. All they know to do is sigh. Let, choose to allow, make the decision for the sighing of the prisoners to come for you. Come on. Come on. The devil loves it when you tell the lie he's put in your head that they don't want this. That they don't want this. They don't want what we've got. They don't want to be saved. No, 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 no. I don't care if it's a man married to a man to a woman, they go to bed sighing in their spirit. They've tried everything they know to do, but they're empty and they're lost and they don't even know who to pray to. They don't even realize they're praying. You spend enough time in the spirit of prayer and you will learn... The Lord will grant you the privilege of hearing the sighs. But mark my word. The moment you first hear the sighs. You'll never be able to put on a performance in a pulpit again. You'll never put your time in and be done with prayer for the day ever again the rest of your life. If you ever hear those sighs in your city just one time. They're so haunting. They're haunting. They're haunting. Come on. Come on. You prayed for yourself a while ago. Come on, let's pray for them right now. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for them like we really want them to be free. Like we really want them to be saved. Come on, let's pray for them. If you were the one lost and they were the one praying, pray for them like you'd want them to pray for you. If you were the one sighing, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. There's something happening in this room right now. Come on. Come on. If he can find one to pray, he can find many to save. If he can find one to pray, he can find many to save. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The devil says they don't want it. Their size prove otherwise. They don't even know what they need. They don't even know what's lacking. They just know something's missing. And they don't even realize it's a something that's missing from their lives. Come on. Come on. <clears throat> Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <sighs> Yeka larata tay Yeka larata tay rota daradi atata haya la rota Tababa sata haya Il robo kushasa tatabaha Il robo kuti eke In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus Ikata ala rota tatie kala In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Brother Right, I got problems. I got pain. I've got pressure, brother Right. You don't know what I'm carrying right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and all that's more important than the fact that somebody's going to hell and they can't save themselves really really i got stuff going on in my life that's so it's so important and so difficult that it excuses from being involved with those that are going to spend eternity in hell i don't want to stand before the judgment seat and watch people judged go to hell and stand there remembering That I used excuses of things that God allowed to come into my life to get me to pray. That I used those things as an excuse to not pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, it's not one yet. We're going to pray a while. Come on, it's not even one yet. Come on, come on. Are you done already? Are you done already? Yeah, that's what the problem is. We pray until we come up the res- resistance of flesh and self-will. And then we back off again. I love you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to help you. But we pray till we come up against that barrier. And then we back off and we feel better. Because we felt something. They're still going to hell. Nothing's really changed. But we feel better. Come on. Come on. Let's press. Press. Let's press. In the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. In the name of 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 Jesus. I kata ha sakata rota tatia kalarata taba haia. Ye kie rota tata haia. Ye kie ka sata haia. Come on, the intellect and, and pride and flesh says this is foolish. This is silly. That's what flesh always says. Any, anything to you necessary to get you to stop praying before you break through. I feel better. I can quit. I feel better. I can stop now. I feel better. Let me tell you something. When you pray until there's a breakthrough in your city, you will know it. Nobody will have to tell you. You won't need some prophet in your ear telling you you've just had a breakthrough in your city. You will know it. You will be the one telling people, I just had a breakthrough in my city. I believe in prophets. Prophets. But if you have a breakthrough in your city, you will know it. In the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Siki a kala rata tata high. E kala rata high. Ki a kala rata high. Kila rata rata tata baba high. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus in time revival and harvest isn't coming to a prayerless church in time revival harvest isn't coming to a church that only that has to schedule prayer meetings to get people to pray I believe in scheduled prayer meetings but if that's the only way you can get people to pray there's something wrong if people don't want to spend time with their savior their husband They're part of the bride. They're as a son of God. If they don't want to spend time with him, something's wrong. We need a revival, all right? People need to pray through. The saved need to get saved because they're not saved if they don't want to spend time with Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When you don't know what to pray... Pray in the Spirit. That's why the Lord gave that to us. Pray in the Spirit, but I don't know what I'm praying. He does. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Yay! kala In the name of Jesus. 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 e <speaking in Hebrew> Yeah ratana radyala roko rotana Ye kie kalaratatahaya. In the name of Jesus.